By George, I think I've got it. Hydrosexual sinking. I saw that Bigfoot walking across the screen and I thought to myself, wow, they are real. I ask us all, is that really reasonable? My personal belief is that uh, there is very compelling evidence that we uh, we may not be alone. I'll show you a little of the evidence. Hydrosexual sinking. Researchers at Stanford University School of Medicine have pioneered a cancer vaccine that eliminated all traces of cancer in mice. You could find evidence of that, my friends. You could change the world. Hypothetical thinking. A podcast for the hypothetical thinker. Greetings, travelers, and welcome to Hypothetical Thinking, a semi-informative podcast that explores the journey from Johnny's brain into a big old butthole. <laughs> my name is Nick Floyd, and, I, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taylorius Nelsonian Maximus. Johnny, who's... I don't go into a butthole. I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> Gotta mix it up. So the way this works is that either Taylor or myself will do the research for our weekly episodes, and Johnny Jonathan McJohnster goes into every episode completely blind, uh, like Billy Ray Cyrus. He has no idea what we're covering <laughs> each week. And so here oh we are. Gosh, that was the weirdest way to introduce me before. <laughs> I don't even know what you said, but I was like half offended. And then I was like, that's that can't be the intro. Dude, I don't even know what I just said. Wow. I heard a Johnny Joe John. Uh, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to stick. You gave me a nickname that I've never even contemplated. I've never even came up with nicknames. I blew your mind. You did. Uh, yeah, I'm speechless. It's, yeah. Boom. Just wow. like that. How's everybody Boom, doing? Chakalaka. I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling good this week. It's uh, it's only Monday, so it's a good start, I guess. Weekend was just fine. Interesting shit happened, but it was fun. Ate some pizza and such. Awesome. <laughs> what about oh, you guys? Johnny? I had a, I had a good, good uh, weekend, good week. Um, nothing really crazy to report. Uh, I'm still kind of... Stunned on that intro. I don't know how to think about things. Just shell shocked. I'm pretty stoked. No, I'm uh, stoked to uh, to talk to you guys and whatever the topic is of today. I honestly have no idea, but I'm stoked. I am I, I am interested to see what this episode's going to be like because previous episodes from fa- face fa- ah, fall fake Paul uh, Malaysian flight and mm-hmm. this last one with uh, Bohemian Grove have been a little more serious. So I'm excited to see what uh, Taylor has to bring to the table. Man, if you guys can't tell from the top here, I'm back. I'm ready to have a good time. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a brand new button down shirt with French fries and and hamburgers on report. it. He is doing that right Ooh, now. Dope, yeah, dope. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, I'm hungry now. He actually bought. Oh. He, he ate a burger today because, after wearing that shirt. I did have. I had a burger in my burger and fry shirt. They give you some kind of a discount. You get ten percent uh, discount while wearing that shirt. So tight. I wish they did at any place that serves burgers. <laughs> that would be great because there was only one of these shirts left at the store I went to. I will not say the store name uh, because I'm kind of ashamed of it, but yeah. it's fine. I didn't Dude. eat in that store. Did I, I just have a marvelous it. marketing idea? I got to keep this to myself, guys. Oh, shit. Oh, remind, me, remind me after this podcast to drop a bombshell of an amazing idea. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Well, what's the code word? Just bombshell? I, I don't know. I'm going to forget it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going <laughs> to. Write it down, Dan. Right, I, 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 I got it. 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 I'm writing it down. <laughs> remind Taylor. No, remind Taylor needs to write it down because he's going to forget. Taylor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, what's the idea? Oh, he can tell us. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Damn it. It's so difficult. Well, you want to know a bombshell of an idea? Let yes. me tell you this. There's there's a piece of news that came out today that's pretty fucking crazy. Pretty fucking crazy. Um, okay. I, I kind of want this to happen to one of the three of us, and uh, I'm going to volunteer any of the three of us. Well, actually, there needs to be two of us 
in order for this to work. Uh, I volunteer us as tribute. Uh, <laughs> I volunteer us as tribute. So, today, <laughs> there was a successful attempt that scientists transferred the memories from one snail to oh, another yeah, snail. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about no. that. Yeah. They, they no like inject way, the brain, right? Dude. Yeah, researchers successfully transferred molecules from brain cells of trained snails into untrained snails, giving the untrained snails the trained snails instincts and seemingly their motherfucking memories. There <laughs> is Whoa! no way, dude. I heard about what? that. Sounds tight. They've only no attempted this way. in the 1960s. Uh, where they fed remains of chopped up flatworms that were trained to respond to light to other flatworms to see if the memories would transfer. The experiment seemed to work, though it was hard to replicate. Um, and they tried it now at UCLA, and it worked. Oh, what? That's I wonder why crazy. they just snails, though. Like, well, this, I probably, it probably was any... Well. Yeah, I don't know. But How do you I train guess, a snail? That's yeah, the I guess, yeah, yeah, I guess that's yeah. the thing. I guess snails are easily trainable. <laughs> Easier than mice, I guess. <laughs> Maybe less complex brains because they're like invertebrates. Invertebrates? Invertebrates? Yeah. yeah how, like, how do you train a snail? You can't just be like, sit. Yeah, and it's like, okay. The snail's you know, like, check uh, this you, out. You, you guys I've are been sitting my entire life. They explode. Uh, you know who also on, puts Johnny. salt on a snail? I did, I did it once yeah, as a kid, but it's a fact. If you put stuff? salt on a snail... Is Demons, they, serial killers. That thing that people do? Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you put salt on... Is that a thing? You put the salt on the slugs, man. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the same thing. Well, I heard... Well, yeah, I guess same thing, yeah. That. All right, well. How old were you when you did this? Oh, a baby. I, I saw it on a show, like a Bill Nye thing or whatever, yeah. and I was like, oh, cool, the slugs outside. And I didn't know it killed them, but I killed them. I There's no too, way. Man. Oh, you, you did it too? too? Yeah, I did it too. Oh, man. so because Taylor did it's valid. All right, guys, I got to yeah, confess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Johnny starts it. I also did it. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm not a big bed wolf. You guys just don't want to, whatever. <laughs> so that's cool. So they're taking like brain fluids from these, is molecules? From the yeah. brain stem? From brain from brain cells. Brain brain cells. Yeah. What what is a there's a lot of there's a lot of parts parts in your brain. So they're they're signaling out the parts that are memory or like training, I guess, in your memory and your uh what's that called? Your um membrane? Oh no. The your the memory it's like it's called it's the, I don't know. I don't know what I'm not I'm not a scientist. But anyways, like so a, taking that a part routine of the brain that it that learned or whatever? Yeah. And yeah. so they're taking that one specific part of the brain. Is it the homunculus? I have no idea. I think it's called a homunculus. That sounds like a weird uh, movie starring. Yeah, I think that's a part of the brain. Oh, I'm pretty fuck. sure that that deals with with memory. I'm not positive. Anyways, and they're 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 taking that and transferring it into a different homunculus. And <laughs> can you look up that word? I'm pretty sure that that's Hi- the, hippocampus? the word. Hippocampus. Hippocampus. No wait, no. I don't know. Reg- regardless. Hippopotamus. Hippopotami. Hippopotami. That's gotta be it. It's the most dangerous uh, animal in the world. It actually is very dangerous. Fact. Watch You'll see it. From a granddaddy long leg. Is that a thing? They have the biggest teeth to body ratio. Granddaddy Is long granddaddy leg? long leg the most yeah. poisonous spider? But it's I've heard that, but it's such a small amount, like like the the a tiny poison, little mouth, like it can't bite you. I've heard that I've heard that it's such a small amount that it is the most like poisonous poison, but it can't kill you. It can't hurt you. You know? It's like a kid crazy you versus because they're all over my garage. Oh yeah. shit! I had a ton back there. Everywhere you like Jeff Daniels and arachnophobia. 
computer. Uh, so I got a question for you, a good old hypothetical, if you will, oh. a hypothetical. I will, if you will again. I will again. Uh, okay. Starting with you, Taylor, because we're gonna shine the spotlight on you. Spotlight on me tonight. If you could receive someone's memory, alive or dead, who would it be? Ooh. Anyone's memory. Alive like one memory or dead? I mean just their memory like their memory. They like like you're the snail. They're the trained snail, you're the untrained snail. You're getting freaky friday. So we switch? Yeah. I would say the Dosekis guy, the most interesting man oh, in the world. Oh, good choice. Yeah. The most interesting man in the you, world. You know he's a character, right? No, no, but No, that's a real guy, right? It's a real there's a guy like that. Theoretically, out there. yeah. Theoretically, there, that guy exists. There's a guy out there. I've but heard is about. he really the most interesting man in the world, or is he just part of a commercial it's stating so, he's so the most subjective. interesting? Well, I'm, any guy who Both? drinks beers, I'm most Both guy. of them? What if his memories are just like he's <laughs> just in an just, old person's yeah, just home? Just the memories that they show <laughs> in the commercials. Um, he was living hmm. on the streets, and then like they pulled him in the fucking dosage. He was just like the guy aesthetically we want to use this commercial. I'm trying to think of dudes who have been with all the hottest chicks I've I've know of, but all these I, the only people I can think of like have some crazy side of them that I, I don't know if I'd want to be part of. Like what? Tagamite? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, oh, like uh, Tom Cruise. He's probably gotten with a ton of mega babes, but obviously he's a psycho. Yeah. You know. Uh, what about Brad Pitt? He gets with babes, but. I don't know. Yeah, he also he's, had that huge Angelina thing. I don't know. Yeah, and Leonardo he's like, DiCaprio. He's got like a smelly sweat problem. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. I could probably go with that. He's probably yeah. He lived that whole uh, that crazy life with uh, what Spider Man back in back in his days, his heyday. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. They were like best friends. They were like. Are you talking about the movie The Great Millionaire Gatsby? Club? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's like pretty, they're I'm pretty like sure that's the plot of The Great Gatsby too. <laughs> <laughs> no, like their teenage years, they were like best buds, and they they hung out crazy millionaire parties, did all these crazy millionaire things. I don't know. Like go to Bohemian Grove? Were they a part of that? Like, that kind of shit. Dude. That kind of shit. Damn, Johnny. What about Worship you? If I'm going to switch members to somebody, it has to be some kind of like crazy like Einstein level scientist, like Carl Sagan person, and I'd apply their their knowledge to real world applicable things now and like change the world because back then they have the, didn't have the technology. Um, that was switching mm-hmm. memories because they're dead. But I don't want to You're switch. just receiving someone's memory. If I was receiving, then yeah, I'd go with, uh, with, with one of them because they're both deceased. But if I was switching – It'd be somebody that like I don't go fuck about because they they receive my shitty memory. <laughs> who who would you they think would, like like a Leonardo da Vinci or I'd probably Einstein be some. It'd, it'd probably be a scientist. It'd probably be like like Leo, like Nikola Tesla or mm. something like that. Uh, I don't know if I'd be like da Vinci because like I mean yeah Mona Lisa like super cool like he was an architect scientist like artist like super literally cool everything. Literally, okay, I'm going to go Leonardo da Vinci. Also, there's a movie called The Da Vinci Code with... Uh, uh, the what code? The Da Vinci Code. Oh, The Da Vinci. That's a fictional movie. Yeah, but Tom it was also Hanks? a movie. Yeah, Tom, yeah, Tom Hanks. But it was, a, it was a movie called The Da Vinci Code, and it had essence of Da Vinci in it, and it'd be a movie about me, and that's the coolest part. So you, the bottom line of that whole entire conversation or piece is that you <laughs> just want a movie made about you. As Aside it, from the fact that you've got a Ninja Turtle named after you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> totally. 
I guess there's room for us all to be named after an artist that you know a, a Renaissance artist, and we can yeah. all be Ninja Turtle. But I I wonder if if I'd probably you know, be, I'd want to be d- Leo. I wonder if the knowledge of of Leonardo da Vinci wouldn't hold up in this time period. Literally, I would just be yeah, like, "Yeah, right, dude. You're, you're like yeah, right. centuries behind." <laughs> oh yeah, right, dude. He's like inventing helicopters, robots, fucking tanks, dude. He I'm was saying, inventing like, all this crazy shit. That's like today stuff. I'm saying like I, I get that. Well, I don't know if it's today today. I'm saying if I were to get his knowledge, like yesterday I, today. Okay. If I were to get all his memories, I'm not that would assist me as much as somebody that was, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Da Vinci. Nick, what about you? Uh, oh, man. I don't know. You had the longest time to think about this. Taylor yeah. was like, done. Uh, Taylor knew right away, but the Taylor knows what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I want hot babes. <laughs> no, in retrospect, I think another cool one would be like some badass sports star. Be like, yeah, you know, you won the World Series. I don't know. I think Chipper Jones would be more my style. Dale Earnhardt. Chipper Jones seems like the kind of uh, seems like the life I would. Oh, dude, Dale Earnhardt, that'd be cool. Go out in the blaze of glory. But I think Chipper Jones is more my style. Uh, yeah, I'd want I'd want the the gratification of being the guy who always makes a sacrifice. You know, and he, he got to be the older well, guy, and he's, well, no. he's winning. You're not switching bodies; you're switching memories. Yeah, I'd want to have the memory of like me doing all that shit and like oh, see, being I'd a rather, legend, you know. Nah, I don't know. I I'd be able to remember everything Dimitri remembered, but that wouldn't assist me. I if I were to be a superstar like sports player, like I'll say like I'm like Wayne Rooney or whatever. You guys know who it is. But if I was Wayne Rooney, I would have all this understanding about Manchester United and like like Everton, but that wouldn't assist me. I'd still be I don't know, like I couldn't like just I have the knowledge and the memories of soccer, but it's not gonna make me like a star. Is Dude, Rooney you know, the one that looks like Flea? Kind of, yeah. Actually, yeah. Okay, just, so now I, I totally understand your point then. You wow. remember sports, though. Like, what's so fucking cool about that? Well, he's just saying no, it's he not was, like he the be a sport, star. in my opinion. It's like the the gratification of, like, the whole career. You know, See, like, they did all these great things. They worked so hard. They achieved what they wanted to do. They had these great moments that were, like, storybook moments, you know. That's so selfless of you, Tay, because you want, you want to remember that as them. I don't care if I remember it. I want people to remember me doing it. That's all I care about. Well, I guess, in, yeah, that's, kind of what, that's what I want, too, though. I, wa- I want to be the one who experiences that. And then, well, yeah, nobody... tied if it was Taylorist, Nelson, and Maximus that they remembered, but yeah. that's, that's not the case. <laughs> hey, we're not talking about what is it going to be like 60 years from now. Yeah, they're going to be you know, We're talking about right now. Yeah, 60 years from now, that would be a pretty common answer, I'm sure. But, you know. I would want a memory swap with Leif Erickson. Leif Erickson. Whoa! You'd want to discover America. Yeah, imagine how tight that would be. Like, <laughs> I'd want to find out if there truly was uh, magic in Viking times. And if anyone saw that shit, oh. it was Lee Erickson. Lee, okay. And apparently they may or may not have had encounters with large Bigfoot-type creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I don't, know, I don't know. Do Bigfoots, big big feet, do they? Big, big, yeah, it's, foot. It's Proper big foot. nomenclature is Bigfoot. Big do Sasquatch exist? That long ago? Remember the podcast? Uh, oh, yeah, you said priest. Yeah, 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 you said. They were yeah, more than likely Zana. more prevalent at the time. Yeah. And possibly yeah. multiple types. Yeah. All right. So you're saying, okay. I'm, I don't want to get that train. Cool. <laughs> Squatch he backpedaled. He backpedaled real <laughs> Squatch quick. Train. Get out of here, you non-Squatch believer. You get out of here right <laughs> yeah, now. I don't believe I want to know the fact. <laughs> Yeah, welcome uh, on this podcast. Go back to your <laughs> suburban home, you fucking nerd. <laughs> you <laughs> nerd. 
Uh, talking about nerds, my my uh, avatar on this program has glasses. What's up with that, guys? <laughs> Do I have an avatar? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Look at those glasses. I have an avatar. <laughs> I see him. You look like, uh, what's that uh, from the, uh, the yeah. Pixar movie? From the Jerry movie. Maguire movie? From <laughs> oh, yeah. Up or something? Inside Out? Yeah, it's like the elderly lady from Up, I think. Oh, Ellie. Yeah, old man from Up. Oh, the old man from Up. Yeah, but the glasses are red. Frederick's yeah, they red. I don't know. That that Pixar movie, I don't know, man. That one really is like, ah, that hurts, dude. That hurts. You, you didn't a like sad it? sad movie. Oh, oh it's yeah. It's a great movie, I dude. It's so I sad. love it. It's so, that's so sad. sad. That's a good, that's a good, that's a straight in the right direction, dude. <laughs> dude, I don't it's know what it is, but most Pixar movies are like so sad to me. Now they're becoming like inside out, like the whole like, like made up or like the, what's it called? Uh, your, when you've been, uh, oh my gosh, I, I, uh, make believe thing. Fiction? Fiction, yeah, the fictional, like, uh, like friend. What's that called? Man, that movie turned me inside <laughs> out. Died or whatever? <laughs> An invisible friend? A, no, when you have uh, a, what is it? it? It's like... Metaphor. You, no, it's like when you have... Bigfoot. Stop. <laughs> that ghost? <laughs> it's a friend that you... Casper. It, it's, yeah, but it's, it, they're, they're not real. Like, it's when you're imaginary friend. Yes. Imaginary friend, yeah. Their imaginary friend died, and I was, like, really sad. And I was like, wow, that's crazy that a Pixar movie is d- dabbling with these... Wait, we, did we watch the same movie? These elements. Inside Out? Yeah. Yeah, when the... Well, it didn't. It died for like half the movie. When she went into that pit of memories that like disappears, and he was like trapped in there. The thing with the 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 the, the scooter. Man, I saw the emoji movie, and I'm getting that fucking confused with this. Yeah, it was a sad <laughs> section. I, like, re- I he, regret to say I saw the he, emoji like, movie. Sacrificed himself to let like the like joy get out of, with, of the the lost memories, and I was like, holy shit, that's so depressing. Dude, I don't remember anything about that movie. Uh, I wish okay, I had an I, excuse to watch those movies. Yeah. Well, now you do because your your friend like Pixar movies definitely saw it. Not shame either. It's a Charles movie, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'd watch it. I mean, I'd watch any Pixar movie. They're entertaining, all of them. Yeah. Are. I don't know if I've seen a bad one yet. Really? Cars two. Okay, yeah, Cars two. Well, I haven't Whoa. seen Cars two, so I like Cars. Keep one, it though. that way. Keep it that way. Or Cars three. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably seen like a small British. sample size of Pixar's movies. So, that's probably I why you like those. Them. I think they're amazing. Like, Toy Story's a shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Toy OG, but don't watch the third. It's real rough, man. Toy Story's great. Bugs Life is great. You're great. I'm great. We're all great. <laughs> uh, that was good. So basically, long story short, they're transferring memories, and you're saying they could apply this to humans and start integrating like human consciousness and memories into yeah. each other? Yeah, that's it. Just some simple science. Simple science. Yeah. <laughs> Everyday shit. Connect a few wires. No yeah. big deal. No. MBD. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's pretty crazy. It's got to be so, possible, man. It's, um, you know, it's crazy that we, you know, we had the simulation podcast, so sim- simu- simulation podcast not too long ago, and now we're talking about memory swapping. So uh, we're getting closer to the Total Recall world yeah. that um, existed in the movie Total Recall. As long as so. I can be on Schwarzenegger <laughs> in that scenario, hell yeah. It's pretty crazy. Today's podcast, just like last week's podcast, is brought to you by Glorp Gum. If you guys want to buy an amazing piece of gum and also get a free t-shirt with it, you can do that right now. The gum is delicious and the t-shirt is dope as hell. Uh, we have an offer code. You can go over to glorpgum.com and type in the code I'm a broliever, I apostrophe M space A space broliever, B-R-O-L-I-V-E-R, and you can save 15% on an order of $20 or more, which is friggin' sweet. Uh, anyway, Taylor, I'm real excited. Um, yeah, what, what's the what's the topic? Let's do this. The topic, the topic of today's podcast. You guys, you guys ponder quietly to yourselves. 
All right. All right. I'll, I'll think about what it is when you're describing it. All right. I'm ready. Okay. I'm strapped in. All right. Here we go. I got to strap on. All righty then. Picture this, if you will. 10 to 2 a.m., ex-Yogi DMT and a box of Krispy Kremes. In my need-to-know pose, just outside of Area 51, contemplating the whole chosen people thingy, when a flaming stealth banana split the sky like one would hope, but never really expect to see in a place like this. Cutting right-angle donuts on a dime and stopping right at my Birkenstocks and me yelping, holy fucking shit. Then the X-Files being looking like some kind of blue-green Jackie Chan with Isabella Rosalini lips and a breath that reeked of vanilla chig champa. <laughs> did a slow-mo matrix descent out of the butt end of the banana vessel and hovered over my bug eyes, big gaping jaw, and my sweaty L. Ron Hubbard upper lip. All I could think was, I hope Uncle Martin here doesn't notice that I pissed my fucking pants. <laughs> <laughs> What's going Skipping on? ahead. What? <laughs> And after calming me down with some orange slices and some fetal spooning, E.T. revealed to me his singular purpose. He said, you are the chosen one. You are the one who will deliver the message, a message of hope for those who will choose to hear it and a warning for those who do not. Me? The chosen one? They chose me? And I didn't even grab right from fucking high school. Skip ahead again. It was so real. Like I woke up in Wonderland, all sort of terrifying. I don't want to be all alone while I tell the story. And I, can anyone tell me why y'all sound like Peanuts parents? Will I ever be coming down? This is so real. Finally, it's my lucky day. See, my heart is racing because this shit never happens to me. I can't breathe right now. You believe me, don't you? Please believe what I've just said. The dead ain't touring and this wasn't all in my head. See, they took me by the hand and they invited me right in. Then they showed me something I don't even know where to begin. Strapped down to my bed, feet cold and eyes red. I'm out of my head. Am I alive? Am I dead? Can't remember what they said. God damn. Shit the bed. Overwhelmed as one would be placed in my position. Such a heavy burden now to be the one born to bear and bring to all the details of our ending. To write it down for the whole world to see. But I forgot my pen. Shit the bed again. Typical. Strapped down in my bed, feet cold and eyes red. I'm out of my head. Am I alive? Am I dead? Sun-kissed and Sudafed, gyroscopes and infrared. Won't help. I'm brain dead. Can't remember what they said. Goddamn. Shit the bed. What? I can't remember what they said to me. Can't remember what they said to make me out to be the hero. Can't remember what they said. Bob, help me. Can't remember what they said. Dot, 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 dot. Taylor, what did I tell you about reading Limp Biscuit lyrics on the fucking podcast again? <laughs> what? What did you just do? What in the world? So this little excerpt is from the song Rosetta Stoned oh. by the band Tool oh. off of their album 10,000 Days. <laughs> oh, I thought you created it yourself. <sighs> I wish. I'd be making billions if I wrote that shit myself. Billions, I tell you. So you just, okay, what does that mean? So the author here is uh, obviously referencing an experience that he had with a hallucinogenic substance. Uh, he's trying to explain to the people around him that he has been given some crucial info from what seems to be, yep, you guessed it, an extraterrestrial being. I thought so. Unfortunately, thought. he cannot remember exactly what he was told, but he knows that it was very important. So his battle here is with accepting the possibility that the experience was a fabrication or confabulation Brought on by the mental accelerator or the hallucinogen that he ingested. Or was this experience 
based on reality. In other words, did he experience this from a point of view outside of his own body? Which brings us to today's topic. O-B-E's. Out-of-body experiences? Out-of-body experiences. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's cool. uh, The table over here lifted up. Uh, I think Johnny got an erection. (laughs) (laughs) I got an erection. (laughs) Is your table made out of paper? Paper kites? (laughs) Wow. No, definitely. If you listen closely, you can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like... (laughs) Uh, it's definitely a cool topic, man. Uh, really cool. I, I thought E.T., definitely extraterrestrial stuff, but I didn't think we were doing out-of-body stuff. That's really cool. What a cool topic. Johnny's been out-of-body a couple times. I have actually been out-of-body a couple times. <laughs> What's with you out-of-body today? I, I, I swear, uh, not, 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 not today, but I have in my, in my, in my, usually it's been some kind of hallucinogen, but um, I had definitely have seen myself in a third person for sure. But how did this come about? How has this happened? Well, uh, one of the experiences was it was smoking uh, cannabis. Um, cannabis, okay, okay. Cannabis. Uh, and I remember vividly at a bonfire and watching myself over my right shoulder, third person, be like, "Johnny, don't fuck this up." I was just with buddies don't of mine. Fuck this up, Johnny. I was just like, "Yeah," I was like, and it was so stupid. I remember when I was like, "Mike," I was like, "Why was I?" It was the weirdest thing. But I remember not in my body. I was looking at myself, and I was like, at one point, I went to hug the fire. And I was like, no, telling that's myself, like the last thing you want to do. Just, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And so I, no. was t- I was telling myself not to from third person. And my friends tell me, you know, days later that I was talking to myself the whole experience. <laughs> so that happened once. Um, I've lucid dreamed a good couple times. Uh, uh, you know, REM cycle dreaming. And I'm pretty sure that can dream. It's like. What? The cannabis was probably laced with some sort of LSD. You should probably get new friends, John. <laughs> it sounds sounds friends. like your friends were, were doping you. Yeah. Probably not. No one else had that experience. It sounds um, like peyote. Like It sounds like you went on a peyote trip. <laughs> a couple of lucid dream stuff, and then whenever I go to the doctors, I get nitrous oxide, like a high dose of nitrous oxide for like laffy gas, essentially. It's what the chemical compound is. It's like okay. N2O2, okay. nitrous 2, whatever, N2O2. And whenever I am on this substance, I every time I spin around the room, out of my body. And I, I, I go back every time. I only use this dentist because I always have these awesome experiences with a with <laughs> substance. Like, yeah, let me hit that stuff. <laughs> I literally so tell you, him, I always say crank it. Sp- yeah, crank it to the max. <laughs> I always say crank it to 11. <laughs> but this one goes 11. Yeah, but, but 10's the highest. And this one goes to 11. Uh, to 11. Um, no, I, every time I go back and the same nurse is there and she controls the, the, the whatever machine, and I always say, yeah, crank it, Susan. And she... Fucking cranks it. <laughs> Crank it have... up, Susie. I'm ready to ride, baby. <laughs> I'm ready to party. Yeah, she, she, and so I, I had my headphones on. I listened to like Fleetwood Mac. I listened to zombies. And I just try, I have my, one of the headphones. This headphones are right now. I have one turned out so my dentist, Dr. Stout, can listen to me while I you trip stout. balls. Fact. It's a, fa- it's a real fact. I'm actually going to head back in about like, four days. You get there and Yo, you're that's like, hey, crazy. Hey, Susan, today, can you? Can I wear a party hat? Yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like it's going to be a different experience for me if I do. Like, All right, Johnny, <laughs> now, here. they have a blanket for me waiting every single time. It's a fact. Is it weird that her blanket. name? Is it weird that her name is also Susan? Oh, because of my nickname, oh, is Susan. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little, little fact for the viewers. Social They're, circle burn. Oh, you think is my no one gets that Susan? joke. <laughs> my nickname at the company is Susan. <laughs> is this the joke Taylor is referring to? Check. Johnny's nickname <laughs> is Susan. Yeah, is what it, it came Su- down to. Suzanne, depending yeah. on your ethnicity. 
for the for the dumbest reason, but it's the fact. I'm really concerned about your friends and your friendships. Dude, I feel like you were experience. you were definitely laced with some sort of. Every other time was fine. <laughs> yeah, well, but this one time. <laughs> I think it was just me. I think it was just my mindset, and it was crazy. I mean, it was the same thing. Like my do- my do- my doctor says, I am super susceptible to any intoxicant. Local anesthetics put me out. That's supposed to be a numbing agent, and I get fucking knocked out. Like alcohol, you know I'm a lightweight. Any substance, my body's like, all right, turn off the lights and let's party. <laughs> so I don't think it's the substance. I think it's just my body being like, dude, all I want to do is have something in me that's ro- that sounded really bad. That sounded really bad. I'm gonna stop there. Four, four, and no, I'm done. I'm yep. done. <laughs> all right, Taylor. <laughs> uh, so now these these uh, experiences they can be drug induced, as Johnny describes. And as our, our bud uh, Maynard James Keenan here from the band Tool in this song uh, describes, they could also be brought on by meditation, uh, as we've seen with uh, Sir L, the Walker of Skies, in the blockbuster hit franchise Star Wars, starring Harrison Ford and Warwick Davis. Or they could be caused by near-death experiences, or NDEs, as they're known in the biz. Uh, they may be caused by shit that I can't even mention on the air, guys. Some crazy, crazy shit that we... I, not, uh, we, can't, we can't mention it on the air because uh, we can't imagine it. We have no idea. Oh. Now, some of you listeners may think, oh, hogwash. There ain't no way EBEs exist. These people are just having hallucinations, you know, freakishly detailed and accurate reconstructions of the world around them as they lie seemingly unconscious. That's, That's just absurd. Yeah. Uh, to that, I say piss posh. Piss posh. <laughs> to that, I say piss posh. <laughs> <laughs> because I know, and I'm sure a lot of you people know, you know, people like Johnny who claim that they've had out-of-body experiences yeah. once or multiple times in their lifetime or their near-death time. Everyone knows a Johnny. Everyone knows – unfortunately, everyone knows a Johnny. And <laughs> on another level, Ouch. <laughs> most people know someone. They say like one in five people claim to have a near-death experience. Yeah, I know more than five people. Definitely. Yeah. So my dad has claimed to have had three of these experiences throughout his lifetime where he has an out-of-body experience – where he can look down and see himself. So the common out-of-body experience is where, let's say you're lying on the operating table or something, and you're out. You know you're out. Everyone else knows you're out. Like a general anesthetic? Yeah, you're fucking out. You may be in a coma, you know? Oh, or like, oh. You know, oh, shit like, like that. You're you gone. you okay. out. But the patient, you know, the survivor, recalls the out-of-body experience where they're like hovering above their, yeah. their hospital bed, Looking down, and they can see themselves, and they can describe all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. Like, all this shit that really happened. So my dad, like, his first two that he had, he was, like, a kid. Like, one, he was, like, eight, nine years old or something. He got, like, thrown into, like, a into the lake. They were swimming in the lake with, his, like, his cousins and shit. And he just got thrown under the water without being able to take a breath, and they were just kind of roughhousing, and he was under the water for so a while. So it's like, he had dick friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of Taylor and Nicks, I guess, that he was hanging out with. but so that was one he described like he just he was like hovering above the water he could see the whole situation happening and he eventually got out of it like very similar thing when he was like 19 or 20 he was like rafting with some buddies and uh they go over this like mini waterfall or whatever and he gets caught in like the churn you know at the bottom of the waterfall he's just like in there and same situation he pictures himself hovering above him and then when he he was in the hospital having uh surgery on his abdomen he said he's popping in and out of consciousness the whole ride on, like, the gurney. And each time he, like, pops out, he, like, pops into this out-of-body experience where he's, like, hovering above the gurney. 
You can like see everybody around the gurney, everybody like freaking out and doing all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then he said when he was getting, it was actually getting the operation. I mean, he's totally out for that. Uh, he could, he was like hovering above the operating table, just like watching the whole thing. So he doesn't necessarily have any very detailed or gory memories of it, you know, that kind of detail, but just the more of the overall situation of how shit was going in the room. And it's pretty yeah, crazy dude. because, you know, he's while he is open-minded, he's, like, not su- into the supernatural and that kind of shit. Like, so for you, actually, being a skeptic on fucking every topic we bring up. Okay, okay. <laughs> it is odd that you would be like, yeah, I have out-of-body experiences all the time. I float in and out of this realm I think it's frequently. That's how it always Are starts you? like that. It always starts every time. He's like, yeah, Bigfoot, I believe in it. And then 45 minutes into the podcast, he's like, yeah, but... Like, he was totally on board with the, the augmented virtual reality shit, and then, like, you brought up the double slit theory, and then all of a sudden, Johnny's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I, I didn't say that with that. I, I, think you're, I think you're referring to different podcasts. I definitely believe in rich reality and, like, different— well, Yeah, you believe because it's real. No, I mean, not virtual reality. Sorry, uh, um, uh, simulations. I believe that, that we're—like, I have skepticism. I totally believe in that. What Taylor, I think you're, what you're getting at is that— I or Nick, Nick, I think as well, is that I am a flip flopper. You are what we call a flip flopper. I would say that is very common. It's very common in a lot of realms when it comes to like mythological creatures because I'm not agreeing with you the whole time. I'm trying to see it through your eyes, all the information you're giving me, but at the end, I have to formulate an opinion. And at that point, I will say yes or no. It's not going to be, it's a a, a gray scale. So I don't know if I necessarily flip flop. I just want to believe everything you're giving me, like the fake Paul thing, the whole entire time. And at the end, I'll say, "Ah, do I agree or not? Well, one thing gonna... you need to know about my point of view is that often my eyes are closed. So what? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> so I don't know. I the, maybe I don't know. So yeah. I, this isn't this isn't a this isn't oh, spirits. This isn't this, this is purely <laughs> on personal experiences. And I, I think I've had the experience like Bigfoot. Yeah. I haven't had that experience. Yeah, but you were high. I was I, every single one of the, the the experiences I was under some hallucinogen. What is it? Was uh there was the heroin. So and not only the is dentist. Johnny the car guy, he's also the uh. resident drug guy. I'm not <laughs> at all. What don't you do, Johnny? Boat guy, drug guy, I'm, car guy. I'm everything, guys. Uh, no, I definitely I, I I believe in this one. That guy, the dentist, like, who likes to get really high off the thing that's supposed to help him. Dude, not just like it's supposed to make you like lose your fucking mind, but it's just a, such a low dose. Do you know if you have oxygen, a pure form of oxygen, like the stuff you you you, have, you breathe O2, the pure form of it, you will hallucinate. It's like yeah, it's, there's oxygen bars that you can go do that. So yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's healthy. Just don't don't yeah. hey guys, don't do oxygen and drive, please. Yeah, don't do oxygen. It's and a healthy. Oddly enough. I, I, a couple of episodes of Pimp My Ride, I believe, had oxygen bars in the car. Shame on you, Exhibit. Shame on you. Wait, oxygen bars date back that far? Back oh my when God, yeah. That's was when relevant? they were like, Pimp my ride. dude, they were peaking at that time. They were peaking. I've only seen a couple of them. But what, what I was getting at is that I totally <laughs> want to believe in everything uh, any of you guys put forth. But at the end of the podcast, I will tell you how I really feel. And I don't care if you disagree with me or agree with me. I will say how I feel. Okay, well, a d- little disclaimer for you, Johnny. You know, I want you to know that I'm presenting you with... 100% things that I believe could possibly be true. Sure. So, yeah, I would never is, assume I would never assume that. You I would never assume you were going to steer me wrong and now the Nick you either. But uh I I couldn't I, steer you wrong. I already believe in this, so 
I'm stoked to hear more information about it because like I've had it. You can lucid dream at home. There's like there's ways to do it. Uh, you can like right? train yourself to lucid dream. Yeah, and you can you can have out of body experiences. Well, if you're if you're if you're committed enough, whenever you want. I want to try flatlining. Who? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to try that. <laughs> Living life dangerously. <laughs> I also like to love life dangerously. Uh, can you, kill can me. you ex- <laughs> explain exactly how do you flatline? How do you get to the point where you're about to flatline? Uh, you choke yourself? You get choked? There's different ways, I'm sure. It's so whatever you get to death and you just you hold yourself there. Yeah. I think you I think I think the way the kids are doing it is you find the basement of some sort of medical college and you <laughs> strap someone down and then you uh suffocate them up until the point right before they die. Uh they flatline for a moment and then you bring them back. Isn't that what they did to like Wade Wilson in Deadpool One? And then he turned into like Deadpool? Yeah, they, they also did it in the movie Flatliners. Yeah, but this is definitely before Flatliners, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I'm pretty that sure. seems fucking crazy. So they have, they're just inducing these out of body experiences to. Well, they're experiencing them to just trip out. Right? What death is. Yeah, they're experiencing. Yeah, they're experiencing the out of body out of body experiences in death. Yeah, in the context you, of death, it has to Wait, be crazy. It has to be crazy, and that's like part of what this podcast is going to lead into is, hmm. like. Is that something that happens? Like, is that part of dying? Like, you're having I'm this out of body sure. experience because you're going like whatever your your soul is. You know, is well, like well, Taylor, else? you just you just offered up the idea that in medical tables, like with your father, when you're on a gurney, when you're on an operating table, that's when the majority of out of body experiences happen. And I would agree with yeah. you. I think what aside from souls, your body, I think, can sense the idea that you could be dying, and that's when those out of body experiences are being induced. And so it's yeah, got to be okay. a case of when you're close to death, when your body thinks you're close to death. Those of you at home, if you've ever been in a car accident, really like you think you're gonna die, that that's when your mind like goes nuts, so races, yeah, yeah, racing and stuff. So See, I, 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 that that all makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense that like you, you your body's freaking the fuck out, your mind is shutting down, and it's like oh, it just kind of reconstructs the area around you based off you know the things that you've noticed or maybe what you know about a doctor's office. You know, and it just recreates that general scene in your mind and you feel like you're witnessing it when maybe it's just a construction but here's where it gets really weird is when people start describing details that were not visible from their vantage point or things that they details that they why would they have these details they didn't know about them they couldn't have known about them from where they were right and one example is my grandfather right so he had an obe while having an nde (laughs) <laughs> in the 60s. So he had an out-of-body experience during a near-death experience. Oh, okay, okay. All these abbreviations, guys. I'm not that smart. Okay, bring it down. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, so his OBE during the NDE was in the 60s, like late 60s. He got in a car crash. Um, him, and his, him and his wife, uh, fatal. I'm not sure what happened to the other car. Possibly fatal. I don't know. It was like a really bad car crash, I guess. Um, he At the time, he was practically blind without his glasses. In this crash, his glasses fly off, obviously, like they would do in a crash. Mm-hmm. He was unconscious as well. Um, gets taken away from the scene of the crime, you know, the scene of the accident or whatever, cleaned up. Later, describes to the T the scene of the crime, what things looked like around the cars, what the other car was, what happened to the people in the other car, like details around the scene. This was there, that was over here. She he couldn't like have known. This. Couldn't have known. A. He's fucking blind, so he couldn't see these things. And even if he could vaguely see these things, he was unconscious and not walking around to look at these things. He was just sitting in the car until taken away, you know what I mean? Yeah. He can't see these things. And 
well, he was also like a very stern dude who would, kind of like my dad, he would not believe in this Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Also, a blockbuster film I uh, like starring that Vanessa Shaw. Bette Midler. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating, Taylor. Because like, there's yeah. no way else you can explain that besides an out-of-body experience or some ability you know, that you're yeah. able to perceive. Because there's no way he could see that stuff without something else playing a role. Right. Right. Yeah. So, like, is are you able to tap into some shit that's like this ever present, everywhere kind of thing that you astral project, astral project on, into, and you can just go anywhere it exists, like like an infinite fuck, knowledge you know? kind of thing. Like you, yeah. Tap into there's like this infinite infinity. presence that you could exist anywhere in. You know, and you you can like, essentially float around being anywhere. Yeah, or some shit. I yeah. I'm gonna. I'm not going to blow a hole in this because it's not going to blow, blow a, a hole, hole in it. In it. <laughs> blow a hole in it. So Nick can do it, but I freaking can't. Okay, you I, go. Hit me with the spare gun. I'm going to make things dark for a minute. Oh, great. Uh, make them real dark. I'm going to make them dark because uh, I haven't. I don't talk about this a lot. Okay. But okay. Uh, I always, as a, like growing up as a kid, like all of my dreams were very vivid. Uh, borderline lucid to the point where I felt like I was experiencing something, which is not the same as an out-of-body experience, I guess, but, like, things that didn't exist. Like, I could feel things uh, in my sleep where I'd wake up and feel like that happened. Like, there's one dream I had when I was, like, 17 that I robbed a bank and I woke up and I checked my room because I thought the money was in my room. Hundred dollar bills stuffed in your boxers. You were convinced. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was convinced that it happened. Like I watched the news. I was like, I woke up in a sweat, and yeah. I thought I was like, holy shit! I just robbed it was a bank. So real. Yeah. yeah, it felt so real. And like, I guess that's out of body. But on the flip side of that, uh, around the same time when my dreams were very uh, borderline lucid, I won't say lucid all the way, but they were very borderline lucid. I got in a very bad car accident. And I always like one of my biggest fears of all of, of everything is like the fear of death, like fear of dying. And so it's it's just it's, it's, it's yeah, it's common. So it keeps you alive is the fear of death. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Johnny. Yeah, and <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, I was the only one on the road. There was no one around me, and uh, the back right tire popped. And pulled me into the median in a ditch, and I rolled the car five or six times. Yeah. Oy. And I, it was black, completely black. I don't remember anything. There was no out of body. I don't recall. I remember the car starting to flip, and then I, and then I remember being upside down yeah. in the median. And I remember hearing a bunch of like yelling, and I immediately like had the adrenaline rush. You know, un- unclip the seatbelt, crawled out of the car, and then all of a sudden there was a shit ton of cars on the side of the road, like running towards me. And I, when the, when the crash happened, there was like no, but there were no this. cars. But you saw, I, you saw uh, cars coming yeah, towards you. When I crawled out, like there Whoa. were there were probably like twenty or thirty cars on the side of the road checking to see if I was okay. Oh, I think you said they were headed towards you. Like no, 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 not heading towards. You. I was like in ah. the grass in the medium. But like for someone who, you know, I'm not going to stay on the car accident because I'm like I'm clear I'm here I'm present I'm fine it's the only car accident I've ever been into it was it was serious but I'm, I'm here and that's what you know that's what matters for someone who who has dreams like that that are so real it didn't make sense to me that I didn't have any sort of out-of-body experience or have oh. some sort of like you know last piece of knowledge or some sort of reminder like there mm. was some stuff afterwards that that felt surreal like moments 
all the moments after the car accident felt very out of body, but I was clearly there, you know, walking, talking, communicating. Yeah. Could be but, like your adrenaline pumping, just right. getting you in that super like so pumped up. Exact, state. Exactly. But the one thing, the closest thing to saying it was out of body was in the snap, like in that first flip when everything went black, it was almost accepting the one thing that I feared the most. Which is death. Yeah. So, I mean, like, sure, maybe I can consider that out of body in a, in a way because, like, I felt nothing. Yeah. And it all went away. Like, there was no – it all happened very fast, but, like, there was no fear. There mm-hmm. was no agony. Like, like it, just, it just hap- it just happened. And that's the idea yeah. that, that under excruciating pain in your last moments of, of life, your mind just makes it bliss. Right. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't even that. Like it was. It was just empty. It was nothing. Huh. And so that, like the, you know, I, I don't, I don't go back to that and think about it often. Nor do I talk about it often. But it's like, for someone who has a lot, of, who had a lot of very vivid dreams and, you know, very close to out of body experiences in my own dreams, it was very confusing to me in that time. Why I didn't have one then? Right. Well, uh, I'm sure it affects people differently. Like, uh, I'm sure there's people out there who will never have one or never have a non-body experience, never can lose a dream. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, I've i experienced similar things to that in less threatening situations than a car accident, like blacking out and, like, feeling bliss. Like, yeah. I'm sure there is some kind of, like, thing in your mind that will switch off and you're in bliss under that extreme situation, but... To me, to me, out of body, because of my experiences, I've always been like where I can physically see myself and I'm judging myself. That's always been like third person Johnny. But for you, I'd see that as like a near death experience, like your final moments, like your mind, like kind of like letting go. Right. And that's why it's interesting. I, mean, I know, Taylor, you have like a ton of more information yeah, on this, we're but like, so you're taking so much. <laughs> Sorry, but like, dude. between <laughs> the, the fact that the near death experiences and the out of body experiences are like married in a sense, yeah. like yeah, they're yeah. very similar Absolutely. and they happen. Yeah. It's so, it's crazy because they're both so similar, but they're also so different at the same time. Yeah. I'd agree. It uh, is crazy that, it's nuts. you know, maybe it means, you know, maybe you weren't physically actually like dying you know what i mean like it was a a situation that you easily could have died you know but maybe just the luck would have had it like where did you have severe injuries and and stuff i believe it or not i did not i had a little bit of glass in my left arm so that that blackout probably had to be some kind of g-force induced thing because like your body had no reason to shut off yeah that you you just started to flip and there was no impact. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It was probably like stress, you know? Like at that point, it was like, oh, shit. Fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah, but, it's like super protect mode. Yeah. But maybe, yeah, maybe you weren't like literally at that point where you're like tick tock tock about to die, you know what I mean? And maybe so that maybe that didn't kick it in. I it didn't know. trigger the. Yeah, it didn't trigger the actual out of body experience. Like, no, like it wasn't needed or whatever. Maybe right. out of body experiences are like. Right there on the cusp where you have to have this out of body experience or whatever to move on to what you know whatever happens after you die, and, right? And in some cases, you know, when the people come back and they make it, maybe it is one of those things where it's like just like they described, don't go into the light. And maybe it's maybe it's exactly that, you know, like don't accept that fate, don't nah, don't 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 do that, you know, come back here. Maybe it's is that, it that same situation? I mean, do you think it's like mind over matter essentially because the 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 human body doesn't die unless the brain does. Yeah. 
And that's got to right. be a huge part of it. Is it like your brain? Yeah, sure. You're 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 sustaining you know major injuries. Uh, things are happening to you, whatever it is. But like your brain is the is the thing that's still functioning. Hence, your mind is still functioning. Yeah. So they're all hand in hand with each other. Yeah, it's like you your body could be going, your brain could be stalemate. Could be the other way around. You could be your body is your brain is going 100 percent and your body's stalemated. You know, but. There have actually been legit studies into whether or not these out-of-body experiences are a real phenomenon or if it's a product of random residual brain functions, you know, something that's just randomly happened in the brain. Um, one of these studies is the AWARE study, A-W-A-R-E. Uh, the AWARE study stands for Awareness During Resuscitation and is a study of the brain and consciousness during cardiac arrests mm. that began in 2008. Fifteen hospitals did it in the U.S., U.K., and Austria. Um, and I believe it was like a four-year study. And the reason that they specifically chose cardiac arrest resuscitation is because once your heart stops, there is apparently no electrical, electrical activity in the brain. Like, you did. Like, during the cardiac arrest resuscitation, like, you are apparently dead. And that's like, the, the, that's like the time that they can officially, you are clinically dead, but, you so know, it's common stops? to bring people back from that. You know? Yeah, because the defibrillator essentially is, is, is sending electricity towards your heart. They, they hook up a defibrillator towards your chest, and that sends electrics, or well, electrics, all like electric whatever, blah, 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 towards your heart and essentially like giving your heart back its beat. It's fascinating that you're saying that when the heart dies, all the electric, all electric impulses stop in the brain because I always thought it was the opposite way around. Yeah, exactly. I thought the brain could just keep going and keep going, you know? Right. Well, like, si- sidebar to that, could you imagine, like, the creation of the defibrillator yeah. and, like, how yeah. fucked up society <laughs> probably shock was? This dude. Yeah. Uh, who created it? Was it Nikolai Tesla? Like, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like something he would probably make, right? I mean, right now it sounds like it, you have to have it medically, but, like, back then it was probably like, what the fuck are you going to hook up to my chest? Yeah. Nope. Like, how much electricity, like, the probing how much electricity you need, like. Because electricity, you can get electrocuted if it was more. You know, or the uh, less than that, just a little shock. Like that's yeah, that's like, pretty fucked up. Imagine the person who like clearly died, all right, and they're yeah. like in there, and they have whatever crazy contraption a defibrillator defibrillator was back yeah. then, and they shock him, and he comes back, <laughs> and he's like, oh fuck, <laughs> and like looks I'm around alive. at all the people, and just like looking at him, like his <laughs> eyes are wide. <laughs> he's like, oh my god, and then he's like, boom, out. Yeah, and, like we gotta bring him back again, and the guy just keeps getting tired of it. Well, fucking shock him again, I guess. <laughs> Shock him again! Oh my gosh. Are you well, crazy? This particular experiment, the AWARE uh, study, it consisted of it, not a very crazy sounding study, but it, this is real. <laughs> they basically it placed a shelf near the ceiling above patients' beds, and on that shelf, they would put like a symbol, a picture, a letter, a number, something like that. And it would be tons of Tons of rooms in the hospitals that th- this would happen. And they're very close to the ceiling, so the only way to see it is if you're right up there next to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no other vantage point in the room that could see this. From right? that bird's eye view or from that high of a view, you can see it, but everywhere else you can't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, afterwards, uh, to conclude the experiment, they would interview the survivors. And there were three different levels of interviews. Uh, the first level was to see if the survivor had any perception or memory uh, of the time during the cardiac arrest, uh, resuscitation. Uh, second level would be to determine if those memories or perceptions constituted a near-death experience. 
And third, to verify the accuracy of any audiovisual perceptions during that time. So of the 2,060 patients studied, 140 of those survived and were able to be interviewed for the study. So right off the bat, you see that the survival rate for cardiac arrest is insanely low. Yeah, it's not likely. Not likely. Like, this is already going to be a hard study because it's cardiac arrest. People aren't surviving. Yeah. So out of those 140, uh, 101 were able to give detailed interviews that Mm -hmm. were usable. Mm -hmm. Of those 101, only nine were determined to have had an actual near-death experience that caused any kind of hallucination. Sure. So two of the nine ended up having detailed memories of their surroundings, and one of those two was unfortunately too ill to carry on. Uh, the other one named several, several uh, experiences that were verified as accurate. Oddly enough, both of these patients, both of the experiences with these two patients happened in a place in the hospital where the audiovisual target, the picture on the shelf, was not present, and therefore couldn't really confirm or deny the validity of the experiment. But... Some of the shit that this guy was able to verify was pretty dope. So the first thing he, he noticed that he noted was he felt euphoric the entire time. Yep. Um, he heard an automated voice saying, shock the patient, shock the patient. Um, the medical records later confirmed that the use of an automated external defib- defibrillator uh, that actually gives those automated instructions was used. Tight. Um, as he hovered above his body, looking down on himself, the nurse and another dude, he described the other guy as a chunky guy with blue scrubs, and then he could tell he was balding based on the way he was wearing his hat or something. Pretty specific sure. like that. Uh, later, recognized that same man in the hospital as one of the guys who was working. Whoa, there. and he never... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, how else can you explain that besides out-of-body experiences? Right, yeah, because, I mean, those are specific things. Like, you could imagine, yeah, there's a doctor with blue scrubs. Sure, yeah, you can imagine right. that, but to to know the specifics, you know? And point them out, and, and yeah. they're knocked out. They can't, like, wake up midway through and be like, all right, well, I see things now. Right, and I guess the thing about the cardiac arrest is that these people are presumed, presumably there's no brain activity during the time of a cardiac arrest resuscitation. Oh. That's, that's the deal. There's no brain activity. And that's why it was chosen for this experiment. Kind of weird, but it's determined that it's kind of a flawed experiment. Too small of a survival rate from cardiac arrests. Yeah, you're saying and like 104 survived and only like one was able to give like a detailed analysis. Like that's yeah, very right? small. And even if, let's say, several of those people had out-of-body experiences and they were hovering above their body or whatever. They can't like, explain them. Yeah, what, what then are the chances that they noticed this random item on a shelf? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, all, kind of all, all I can remember from my very unscientific like memories from my OBEs have I, I can't remember half the things that happened. I can't remember if there was a certain hat or somebody looked a certain way. I all I remember is me and the room I'm in or place I'm in. So it doesn't surprise me that the majority of them couldn't give detailed analysis or even if they could find that object on the shelf because like it's not like your everyday reality. Like this is like dreaming. And you you can't – it's like, is this real? Is it not real? What's going on? So many questions. Whatever OBEs are, like, it's not quantifiable. Like, you can't, like – I don't think you can personally, like, put a number on it and say, can you see this? Can you hear this? It's like it's like a hallucinogen. Like, it's just – it's whoever the user is. 
Well, I there's got to be a way to ultimately prove it. You know, I guess they just haven't yeah, figured yeah, yeah, out yeah, the yeah, way yeah, to yeah, really yeah, test yeah. it. Yeah. Do, uh, the concept, I think, is provable. This podcast is also sponsored by Future Monsters, a premier apparel store with pop culture and horror focus. Each product is handmade with quality materials, so not only does it look good, but it feels so, so good. No mass-produced cheap garbage here, with designs inspired by King Kong, the Wolfman, and much more. These shirts are a must for every occasion, whether it be nightclubbing, metal shows, weddings, and of course, our favorite, podcasting. Head over to futuremonsters.com and enter the code HYBRO, that's a capital H-Y-B-R-O, at checkout to save 10% on your next purchase. We know we'll be doing that as soon as possible. Do you think maybe, and, and we might be getting into future podcast territory. When aren't we though, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I don't give a fuck we are. But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, does this basically prove somehow or another that we have a spirit yeah. that exists in our body like that's essentially yeah it's like a soul that that can leave our body and move into something else a soul with a, con- yeah. a consciousness i think that's the ultimate question like that seems to be what this answers you know and some people a lot of people and they you know the, the 2018s that we're living in you know, the past eight years or so, nine, nine, ten years, the metaphysical jargon has really gotten a lot of people's brains. It's become a lot more mainstream. And a lot of people think that there is this little magical gland in your brain and nearly every other vertebrate on the planet called the pineal gland that acts as the keeper of your soul. What? So, <laughs> right. So there is a gland in your brain called the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. And it is thought that when this bad boy is activated, it sends your soul into a more real reality. Like the okay. actual matrix, essentially? The actual matrix. Not Wait, which matrix would it be? I think it would be the first matrix that Neo would go to, like the, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that's the construct. Exactly. You know? Yeah, I think it would be that one. I mean, um, do, do you... Sounds like the ending of Harry Potter 3 with, uh, with, with Sirius <laughs> when his soul comes out of his mouth. That's how I view it. I thought totally. his soul came out of his butt. <laughs> no, he laid on his back I... when the mushrooms were coming. Soul came out of his mouth. Well, if you watch <laughs> South Park, it's clear that souls come out of butts because the last thing that everyone does when they die is they poop everywhere, and that's where the soul is no, released. Y- your, your bowels get released out of either end. This is a true fact. A de- any Bowel dead... is Latin for ghost, by the way. Oh, interesting. Well, is it is not? It really? Or is it no? Is it Congoan for ghosts? I believe if, it's it's a language that is ghost. I'm sure of it. If you leave a dead carcass <laughs> out long enough and you put them on their face or their butt, either end, all the bowels and all the all the entrails, everything in your body will exit a hole. It doesn't, it's, it's not always the butt. <laughs> oh, exit their a hole. Any anywhere, just, uh, gravity will take it. Gravity will take it. They, they, that, that's a true fact. So I don't know if it's necessarily a, so it comes out of your butt. I think it's mouth. I'm gonna say it's mouth. I don't my soul got on one's butt. Oh uh, Lord. Do you, I mean? Do you? Is there? So is there? So two two questions. First question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm gonna hit you with one. Is there proof of this specific part of the brain that exists? Yeah. How is that proof? Is there oh, like scientific this, proof? This brain. Yeah. This piece of the brain exists. Like really cool people have hypothesized that the pineal gland is responsible for the creation and synthesis of the ever powerful powerful dimethyltryptamine. The same chemical found in the Amazonian ayahuasca. They say it's released in your brain at some point when you're a fetus and you begin life. Then when you die and it's time to go elsewhere, it's released. 
And then a near-death experience is when you're seemingly connected to an entity other than your physical body. Only those, ex- only those extreme yeah. situations. Birth, only death, those not situations. Yeah. I mean, uh, so, mm, sounds like it. I mean, do you think it's so? My, yeah, my my second question: Do you think that are the parts of our brain is classified information, like from us? Like I mean, yeah, this could be temporal. something that they've known for a yeah. long time, like. This gland, the pineal gland, has been known about for for years. It's been known about for a long time. And its agreed upon purpose at this point is that it secretes melatonin in the brain and it aids in adjusting your circadian rhythms or your sleep cycles. So it's all about sleep cycle shit. And unfortunately, there is no proof that the pineal gland actually does secrete what is known as the spirit molecule or DMT or dimethyltryptamine. But there is also no proof that it absolutely is not created in the brain, making it entirely possible. <laughs> it's nay, not impossible. Entirely it's not probable possible. <laughs> that achieving an out-of-body experience is more than a hallucination. Isn't yeah. that now, like that's the that's the the whole thing about all this? Is like it's possible, but it's not possible. Like yeah. I feel like we're told something is possible, and then whatever higher power, government, scientists, whatever, they backtrack on that shit. And they're like, oh, wait, it's not possible because we don't want people to try to do certain things. Well, I think for this specific uh, point with the pineal gland and DMT, it there was a documentary that came out called The Spirit Molecule. It was all about the DMT, and it was really, like, it's fun to watch. It's fun to think about. A lot of people in the counterculture, the metaphysical you know, talkers, they kind of take it as a fact and as a study and like the, the stuff that they represent that they're, that they're saying and presenting is like absolute fact. While these people are scientists and they are studying these things, they're also saying that they're hypotheses. They, they can't, they haven't proven what they're saying. They're, you know, they're just p- proposing it. And people just kind of ran with it and they just started saying, oh, the pineal gland, it's, it secretes DMT. DMT exists in every being in the world, dude. It's secreted, like, it's secreted in your brain when you're born, when you die, and then near-death experiences when you want to float around, you know? It was a valley girl right now. It's fucking weird, man. But, <laughs> <laughs> but some people say that the release of this chemical in the brain is essentially what activates some other level of perception. You know, making you able or unable to perceive this this new, new to you, more real yeah. reality. You know, it maybe would, these things are always there, and but we're just limited by our current set of senses. You know, we're bound to the rules of this physical reality, and maybe this, maybe what we are perceiving is technically less real than what can be experienced afterwards. I bet money that like in Russia or Europe, like some like somewhere. There's some sort of like secret speakeasy like place where you pay to go in and they have some certain type of drug yeah. or chemical or something <laughs> that allows you to tap in to the, that part of the brain yeah. to create an out of body experience for an X, like X amount I mean, of time. It sounds well, crazy, guys, that could be drugs. Well, guys, that I mean, the whole excerpt I read in the beginning is exactly that. I mean, he's describing a DMT trip. It's even in the first line of it. I mean, he's describing a trip that he had on DMT and, you know, how he had this profound vision. You know, he had this, the feeling that something profound was told to him. And he just had to remember what the fuck it was because he had to tell everybody else because it's so profound. 
but he could never remember what I was. That's what happens, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's what happens. That's a typical experience. Yeah, a typical experience that people would describe with drugs like this is that... That's why it's called the spirit molecule, the God molecules, because they people take it and they think that they have some profound experience. Like they, like they feel like they're experiencing reality for the first time. Like what we're living in right now is reality, but there's more to it that we're just not seeing. Like more colors, you know, that don't exist kind of thought. You know what I mean? And like, we just have to figure out what are the, what are these senses that we're not using? You know, yeah, what, so, is there a way to open up? Is there, maybe there's not a way to in this physical realm. We deal with these cards that we're drawn, you know, that we dealt. And once we move on to the next, you know, plane or whatever, through this conscious peanut called the pineal gland. Do you see that we'll same, that same idea, Taylor, is the exact path. I'm, I'm not singling anybody out, but the exact path people you know, rely on drugs either heavily or just recreationally. Yeah. Uh, just the, the, the thriller, the, the want, the drive to see like what is reality, what is out of body because like a lot of things, alcohol, any intoxicant, honestly, acts similar to the dopamine receptors in your brainstem or this pineal gland because it's just like what could be out there bigger than me. Not even that. Yeah. I think I think foods, like yeah. there have been studies, not even drugs, like actual chemicals in the foods we eat uh, can can actually cause certain experiences totally. in our brain that it's almost too much, and that's where the out of body experience come from. Because like the shit that we're eating, I mean, like if I grabbed, you know, the Mentos gum I'm eating, mm-hmm. the chemicals and shit in it that I can't even pronounce, yeah. like what is that stuff doing to our bodies, and where is it going? I think that. You know, maybe I, that also has something to do with it. Possibly. I would Could think. Could have something to do. And then you create this line where, okay, either there has to be some way to prove if something's real or not. Like when someone, like one case, a, a woman in a similar study, it was very similar to the shelf study, right? A woman described during her out-of-body experience seeing a red shoe on the roof of the hospital. Later, a red shoe was recovered from the roof of the hospital. She put it there. Possibly that she put it there. <laughs> possibly that she flew in on a helicopter and saw it, I guess, yeah. from a vantage point. It's possible. But the, I guess the line that you draw is when these experiences well, lead to re, like real yeah. things that are there. Like There is proof. Like like somebody described the chunky guy that's balding. Yeah. When, or when, the, like, when does these you know? non-provable or non like, – these like you can't – disprove it when does the non-disproval ability become reality like when when can you stop disputing it and say you know what this is actually this has to be real right i think it's for the user i think it's for the user if i knew if i knew that lady with the red shoe or the guy with the the bald head and i was there for the experience i believe in it the same exact thing for me with my autobody experiences only when the, the person um subjectively can experience it or know somebody that they trust has experienced it in that situation. Unless like you Taylor that just wants to believe so badly in everything and that point <laughs> yeah. then. But I'm you know, we're talking about this and I and, and it's different, but like this is what I'm talking about I think last week, the week before, I don't even remember what happened yesterday. But <laughs> this is what I'm talking about when I say that the more podcasts we do, the closer we're gonna get to like answers and things and, and talking about these out of body out of body experiences remind me of the possession story I told back in episode three about the exorcism. Exactly. And (laughs) how that guy who was supposedly possessed by the quote-unquote devil or a demon or whatever uh, told me about my childhood and, like, things that I did specifically. Like, that sounds awfully similar to someone saying, I had an out-of-body experience, that that bald, chubby little man. Yeah. 
I remember him being in here saying X, Y, and Z. Like, what makes an out-of-body experience different from, let's say, a possession totally. of some sorts? Like, are, is there mm. – in, in all of my research of the exorcism episode, there was not a single bit of research about out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences, period. They were mm. possessions. They were demonic. They were specific to one certain thing. There was nothing in my research about OBEs. And now, all of a sudden, here we are, and we've somehow connected the dots back to possessions. You with, have, for with, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel— I would, I would definitely see that from some some step. I think they could be different or, or similar. Your That specific experience, if you viewers remember in episode three with the, the, the demons, um, I can't— exp- no one can explain the fact that he knew that you had a red scooter growing up. That's yeah. impossible. Right. Nuts, except he, for— you know the statistic. Uh, who knows? Maybe the statistics are high that there are a lot of red scooters. Like in the number of scooters that there are, she maybe multiple. A majority of them are red. This was a yeah, I, trip, yeah. I mean, he I was there. It. Like he watched. Yeah, yeah. Like he was watching me at a point in my life to recall that. And whether that is demonic possession, fine. But if that's some <laughs> so, sort of OBE, like a time traveling OBE, so, ah, so yeah. be it. Earlier, you said that, or maybe Nick said that when this happens, these OBEs happen. You kind of you kind of trip and do a a more omnipotent or not omnipotent like understanding or being of like understanding. So Nick, are you saying that if that were the case, then when someone is quote unquote possessed or has some out of body spiritual realm, they then can hack into that knowledge. Cause then almost everything paranormal could make sense in that, in that, that aspect that, 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 that bank, that memory bank, the understanding bank that you can tap into when you die or when you, is just accessible by things that are out of this realm. Well, what if like and yeah. and that's and that's perfect guiding. You just held my hand and you walked me down a beautiful <laughs> sidewalk onto a sunsetting beach. A beautiful scene. I <laughs> it is an OBE truly something that is giving people a certain connection that's guiding them on to either back to our dimension or is it guiding them on to the afterlife? Yeah. And if we're talking specifically about this possession, you know, sure, I think OBEs are just like you're, you're seeing things. And I think maybe it's like an OBE is as simple as it's reminding you that your feet are on the ground and that like you need to, to grasp what's around you. And that's that could be like this, the, the most simplistic approach to sure. an OBE. Like so, you know, one of the people, the cardiac arrest patients who saw the picture, who saw the who heard the the sound of the machine? Who yeah. saw the? Maybe that was their their out of body experience to remind them: get your feet back on the ground. You're not done yet. Here's that. But then there are other people in terms of like the possession that I witnessed that we discussed back in episode three. That uh, maybe that OBE was specific to the person. Like maybe they needed the representation of innocence because you know child innocence like sure it was directed towards me but maybe there was something specific about that image that he had the obe that was connected to a part of my life that was the innocence he needed to be reminded of in order to come back and get his feet back on the ground <laughs> that's crazy that's a very <laughs> profound path you went on i followed yeah. you enjoyed the way but that, that could be very possible i just like you know what if obes are specific to what people need to find their way back to their own body. If that's the case, then I need to find my way back to my body a good handful of times, guys. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before I don't come back, guys. That's scary. Well, yeah, and if these OBEs are real and they can be induced by, let's say, one of these drugs that some people do, 
does that mean that they're like nearing death? Yeah. Like if they if they're like tripping so close to like they go over the edge that they're like literally gone like into some other realm. I don't know, vegetalized or whatever. I would say right. I I would th- this would be my um my example or my um what's the word? analogy is that when somebody takes some kind of hallucinogenic drug and they can experience an OBE, they're still tethered to whatever tree is on that cliff and they can jump off and experience what, you know, afterlife or whatever that would be, but they still can climb back up or that spongy cord still comes back up. But when you're you're nearing death, you don't have that bungee cord, that rope tied to that tree. You just jump off. Right. And I like that a lot. Thanks, well, man. it should be a T-shirt. It'll be a depressing ass <laughs> T-shirt right there. Take this drug. Don't cut the rope. But like what Taylor said about the drugs is really fascinating. I think we're really we're on a really good. We got a good flow here, guys. And I think the whole drug side of things, like, is it that they're nearing death to create an OBE? And think about it. Like even smoking smoking some weeds. Weeds. It's a plant. <laughs> it's a plant that induces some sort of like yeah. hallucinogen. Like yeah. it is a. Technically, if this plant was found, originally, a tribe who found it would probably be like, this is poison, we can't eat it because sure. this our body is reacting. Just like when we get food poisoning, yeah. we vomit, our body trembles, we feel like we ate sure. something that we shouldn't yeah. eat. If that reaction form. was negative. Right. If, if that reaction was positive. They could think it's God. They could think yeah, it's like, they're right, going to bring it in. They'd be like, oh my God. And, and you know what? That's too. exactly what happened because yeah. DMT is essentially ayahuasca. That's exactly what it is. But like, you know, if you think about inhaling, like our lungs were, are to inflate and deflate. Like mm-hmm. it is what keeps us breathing. It's yeah. what, it's what, you know. Science. Yeah, science. All that stuff. I can't really talk much further on because that's all I know. <laughs> but like when you're <laughs> filling your lungs with smoke, are you damaging yourself to the point of that you're having glimpses oh, your of like you're thinks, triggering your body that yeah. you're dying because mm. it's like, holy shit, there's smoke in here. What the fuck? Oh, shit. I see, and, I see what you're saying there, but there's far more harsh smokes that you can ingest that are just like make you cough. I agree, but any – I would say it doesn't matter how harsh it is. I think it's your body's perception. Just whatever that, would, that reaction is. It would make is. sense why it's believed that your first experience with a foreign like um, intoxicant like – not toxin, even like just like foreign chemicals, whether it's like nicotine or or c- cigarettes, hookah, whatever the experience, weed. The first experience is often believed to be the most intense. Right. Like so, people are always chasing that meth high because their first experience, their body thought they were going to die. Essentially, is what you're saying. And then every time after that, their body is like, all right, maybe this isn't death, and then eventually just not death. And so they, they stop yeah. having those experiences. It's like yeah, your body the- goes into fight or flight. Like when you take, you know, you drop acid, you put, you know, you put the tab on your tongue, and you swallow it, like. All these things are ingested. Yeah. Everything is ingested. Yeah. Like even when you shoot up heroin or snort yeah. cocaine, like there are it's things a, that are yeah. unnatural to our bodies. And it's like, am I dying? And you can't like, you know, if you paper, if you get paper cuts enough, you're not going to stop feeling the paper cuts. Like your body is going to yeah. keep feeling those paper cuts. Like if you yeah. smoke enough weed or you know do enough cocaine, or cocaine? <laughs> this sounds like a dope superhero name, cocaine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> here to blow your world <laughs> away. <laughs> um, yeah, blow. A <laughs> uh, fun fact about the name Kane: uh, the Undertaker, one of his early names, actually contained the name Kane in it. Hmm. Odd. Interesting. Interesting. Also, people that are elderly <laughs> hold canes. All these things are related back to the afterlife. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I just well, yeah I, yeah. Anyway, I. Yeah, I think the unnatural ingestion of drugs that have clearly been 
tested to have our bodies respond could be enough to trigger our body to go into almost some sort of afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like well, one weird... of the weird things about it is the the people who are really on the pineal gland train and that it's mesofi- you know, it's this metaphysical, you know, piece of awesomeness. It's our third eye essentially. They they want to believe that these chemicals are not only ingestible to produce these hallucinogens or antibody experiences, but they're saying that they are. It's possible that they're created in our brain, like they are in our brain, created, and that is what brings us into consciousness. Like makes us like it's what brings our soul into the body when yeah. we're a fetus, and it's what takes it out when we die. I, I believe it. And that near death experiences is maybe just that time in between where it doesn't know which way to go. You know, so these people, while, yeah, the ayahuasca stuff is a foreign substance to your body, the basis of their idea is that it exists in your body, and they're just adding to it, I guess. Oh, it makes but a lot of sense. one of those weird that. things, there, it, it is apparently possible to induce an OBE by agitating one's right angular gyrus um, That sounds brain. painful for sure. Taylor, what did I tell I, you about talking about the gyrus <laughs> agitation on the podcast? Can't be talking about agitating one's gyrus on the podcast too much. And I'm almost positive that's how you pronounce it. We're, we're going to lose another sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But studies have shown that this area of the brain is responsible for handling the perception of ourselves and computing the sensory info that the, uh, you know, the, that we sense. You know, all of our sensory perceptions. <laughs> the senses that we sense. <laughs> you know? yeah. And it's what gives Perceive. you a sense of perception of, like, here I am, this is where I'm at. It gives you, like, Consciousness. This, I am I. Yeah. Sentience. It kind of gives you like a bearing of where you are. You know, you're able to use uh, your balance. You know, in your ears, your sight, your distance. You're able to use all that and calibrate it into one. You know, one working location kind of thing. Um, I'm gonna go home tonight and agitate my yeah. gyrus. <laughs> so by one, agitating how does this, one agitate gyrus? Like, yeah, please tell me. Uh, fuck I if I know. I, right I'm, a, I'm Gen- apparently a doctor to do this. The Apparently, it takes Docking? a doctor to do this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There goes the other two sponsors. <laughs> no, but apparently by agitating one's uh, right angular gyrus, uh, however they do it in the laboratory, um, Dexter would agitate these gyruses, and the person Dexter. would <laughs> 100% D-D. of the time have, have an out-of-body experience. But the ones that they would describe are slightly different. Like, they would be hovering above the per- above themselves, but instead of seeing their whole body and details of the room, it was more of an obvious imagined construct. Like they're above themselves, and they can see. They're looking down, but they can only see like the bottom half of their body, like torso down, like Which way you as see the same now. shit that they would see in a point of view, in their own point of view. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and kind of like if you're looking at your arms, oh, they look shorter or they look longer, like really simple stuff. Yeah. Not details that existed in the room, but like imaginary imaginary constructs based on what you expected. You know, so that is kind of like, okay, wait, we can create an OBE for sure, 100% of the time by agitating this right angular cortex, a right angular, angular gyrus, not the cortex, let's not get confused. <laughs> but while on the other hand, it's impossible to agitate whatever part of the brain in some way, possibly the pineal gland or third eye, and have this actual experience where... The person doesn't, re- they don't think that they're imagining this. Like in this case, they, they knew that they were constructing this in their mind. In these DMT experiences and other experiences, the out of, true out of body experience, the overwhelming feeling that, that it is real is what persists. The overwhelming feeling that it's real and that, hey, get over how shocking it is, 
this is real, just accept it, this is the way things really are. Like that's what everybody reports, that's what everybody talks about. And it's like this profound feeling of learning something new that's like undescribable unde- kind of thing. Well, listeners, if you if you know how to agitate one's gyrus or stimulate the third <laughs> eye, <laughs> please email us at iwrotethoughtsatgmail.com <laughs> or come agitate our gyrus. Yeah. We should have an agitation gyrus party. Yeah, we're going to have an agitated gyro <laughs> workshop. Uh, <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure Hasbro makes a unit uh, that agitates the gyro. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's by Hasbro. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just going to keep touching myself until I find the gyro. <laughs> <Where> is <laughs> gyrus? No, it's I, it's by Blamo. It's, it's Blamo. It's better than Batman. Blamo. That's so, Taylor, you just said so many scientific words. I don't know if I agree, disagree with you, or think you're crazy, but you sounded so fucking knowledgeable. Pie charts, graphs, numbers, uh, averages, stuff like that. Exactly. That's crazy, man. Listeners, uh, chicks, if you like smart dudes, (laughs) I'm a a smart dude. Taylor is. Chicks, if you like goofy dudes, maybe I'm that. Chicks, whatever you like, I'm probably that. He's anything you want him to be. Are plantains and bananas even the same thing? I don't give a shit. I eat them both. (laughs) Put cinnamon on them both. (laughs) Oh, man. Man, this episode, like... Yeah, it's cool, man. What a mind... What a mind fudge. What a mind warp, and not just a mind warp like, well, that was weird, but we literally could have taken it to another dimension, a more real, real reality, newer to you and me, one that we've never experienced, a new reality, boys. You sound like the guy that was trying to sell me to play skeet ball at the circus uh, when I was an eight-year-old boy. Come on, come on. It's $20 for one throw. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And here's a $20 bill. (laughs) Give me my throw. No, you give me that big ass teddy bear right there that's got the sunglasses give me that big on. Big ass teddy bear. <laughs> you take my twenty dollars. I'm not throwing no ball in no skeet holes. <laughs> skeet skeet. Skirt <laughs> skirt. Oh, that's good. Well, damn. Uh, a fun little time. side note, just to chew on. Francis Crick imagined the double helix structure of DNA while on LSD. Fun note, dude. Somebody, really? Yeah, it's believed that Prince was very. No, as a Prince or Jimi Hendrix? One of them, I think it was Jimi Hendrix. Both. Jimi, Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix, absolutely. Jimi Hendrix used to slice his, his forehead, forehead with a razor blade yeah. and put uh, LSD, yeah. like rub it into it, and then wear uh, the headband. Chris. Dude, so like, his Ladyland whatever recording studio, Ladyland whatever it's Yeah. Called, the whole, uh, like one of the whole rooms is basically painted with giant murals of what could be described as a DMT trip. Damn. Oh, man. PSA, we do not uh, condone. Uh, condone DMT trips. LSD uh, but, trips. But if you have the, the guitar prowess of a young Jimi Hendrix, don't hold back. Do what you got to do. Give me riffs. Taylor. Give me riffs. Taylor. Taylor, we can't be telling people that. Wait, that's not what a PSA is. I meant just, hey, just write good riffs. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Drug free. Stay at dare. Drug free, write riffs. Don't uh, assess um, r- uh, red. With envelopes. <laughs> Dare. <laughs> Scratch. That's, happened. that's what Dare stands for, right? What just happened? Uh, double uh, alphabet rainbow elephants. Dare. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's, a, there's an analogy or there's a, uh, yeah. An, drugs a, a, a against vision. responsible you, eucalyptus. <laughs> Eucalyptus. What does it, Dare mean? Is it drugs against real 
Uh, Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> America. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I don't know. What does dare stand for? I'm Google pretty sure it's dare. It's dare is drugs against something something. I remember drugs the lion. That makes no sense though. Drugs against red. D-A-R-E. What's E? Uh, drug one? abuse resistance education. Dare. To resist okay. drugs and also violence. Only you can prevent forest so, fires. Guys, if you have the guitar prowess of a young Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> please do not do DMT, but please write me hot riffs and keep them coming, please. <laughs> Beautiful. What an oh, episode. That was a good man. episode. What, Taylor, you've come in clutch <laughs> yet again. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Guys, we have a list of about a hundred topics that 100? Taylor and I share. Yes, about a oh hundred. A hundred billion gazillion. And there's so many. And these last three episodes have all been top notch. Not on that list. Oh, uh, yeah. I know that. Yeah, we're trying to pull from left field. We got to leave that list intact for the dark days. So there's a bank you guys have. But you're not pulling from the bank. You're pulling from your wallet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, pulling from the hip. So Shooting how many? From the hip, man. How many are you not? Are you done including this list? Do you have like a thousand in your brain you're just not going to put in this list? I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, anytime wow. they pop up, we'll pop on a list. We'll put them in. Fascinating. Dude, quick word about one of our sponsors, Glorp Gum. I don't know how many of you highbrows out there have checked this shit out, but I just got my Glorp Gum shirt in the other day. I got the uh, the Frank up the Jam shirt. Dope as fuck. I already knew it looked cool when I ordered it, right? But I got it in. And it turned out to be 1,000% more meaningful and a dope shirt than I could have ever imagined. So you look at the bottom of this thing and it says Atlanta's Party Monster FM, whatever. Party Monster Station. Power 99 FM. Yeah. Dude, at the time, early 90s, what station was I listening to? What station was molding Young Taylorius Maximus's mind? Power 99? Dude! It later turned into 99X, Atlanta's like rock station. Dude, that's dude, that's WNNX. metaphysical shit. Meta metaphysical shit. as fuck, dude. Like the most influential <laughs> time in my life where I'm ready to suck in music, man. And this wow. radio station is the one that was pumping it into my face. And years later, they pop up with this dope ass shirt. Like, thank you, Glorp Gum. Speaking awesome of design. speaking of sponsors, Future Monsters also sent Taylor a dope ass shirt, and he got multiple compliments on it at yeah. a previous convention. Lots of compliments on the King. They Kong complimented shirt. on the size of my pecs and the way that the shirt emphasized the size of my pecs. So, dude, <laughs> if was, you're trying to you're trying to look buff, Tiz got big go, with a, go with the Future Monsters shirt. He wore it. Buff. He wore it at night when we all shared the same bed together, and it was real <laughs> soft. Wait, this never <laughs> happened. Uh, oh my god, that was an undivided experience, Nick, for sure. Oh, yeah, I don't even, I, guys, I wasn't even in the same room as y'all right now. Uh, what the fuck an happened? OBE, it may have been an NDE. That <laughs> <laughs> was OBE, now you know me. <laughs> nah, NDE. Uh, NRB? Sweet. Um, awesome. So, got a hypothetical you want to settle? You know what the fuck just happened? Got a hypothetical you want us to talk about? Or a thought you'd like to share about today's episode? Well, good news. You can choose an email at hybrothoughts at gmail.com. That is H-Y-B-R-O-T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe your hypothetical will be featured on next week's episode. Also, make sure to head over to the Facebooks and give us a like. Uh, just click that little thumbs up button right there if you don't know how the Facebooks work. Nope. At facebook.com slash hybrotheticalthinking. That's facebook.com slash hybrothetical thinking. And we post tons of content throughout the week, pictures, videos, um, merch soon. 
And last but not least, which we haven't talked about until now, um, guys, if you're sitting here listening to an hour and 20 minutes of this podcast, just go into Stitcher or TuneIn or uh, iTunes and just leave a little review for us. Um, Ooh, tell us how cool we are. Yeah. Please, just riff on me and give me a huge roast. Tell us what's up. Johnny, I hate you. T-A-Y-L-O-R-I-O-U-S. Taylorius. That's it. Now you know. Knowing is at the battle. If you don't, <laughs> if, you, if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, guys, thank you so much for another awesome episode. Uh, we're super excited. We're gonna be back uh, same time next week, and same time, different topic. Same time, different topic. Boy, uh, another day, another day. Uh, with that being said, I have been. I am. I still am. I've never have been. I'm still the same person. I'm Nick. I might as well be Taylor. I'm your residential Johnny. And, guys, thank you. God, ten episodes. Dude, that's my favorite number. Ten is uh, a glorious number. Ten is great. Ten. Tens are everywhere. That's the number of ten. the universe. I'm, I'm telling you. Ten. Tens are ten. everywhere. <laughs> it's a number of glory. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>